Welcome to the Pubcast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. Hi, everyone. I'm Kaylee Kiermeyer, and on this episode of the Pubcast, I'm talking with Aaron Kukendall, who is the editor in chief of the Audacity Magazine, a publication for artists, activists, and storytellers. I want to begin, Erin, with the single most cliche question that I could possibly <laughs> ask you, which is, uh, what was the origin of the audacity? Where did the idea come to life? So, um, I started, I originally started it with a friend of mine named Moses and we met because we were both working on the set of a, a different magazine here in town that was like purely a fashion magazine. Um, and there were a few problems with that that led to me wanting to branch off. Um, the foremost being that it felt vapid. So I've always loved like fashion and art and all of these sort of creative uh, outlets. But uh, there was something unconscionable about creating store, spending time on stories like, you know, denim on denim is in this season with everything that's going on in the world. Right. So I kept thinking there has to be a way to create in this capacity that is still meaningful, right? Like there, there's more that I want to say with these, these photo shoots and the styling and, and all this. And now it's turned into like the things that we're commissioning. Um, that's, you know, that's more important than uh, what you're wearing. So I want to say the audacity is just this incredibly inclusive project now with an enormous amount of influences and a very distinct activist approach. So when I say I'm so impressed with how much you've grown it in a year and found your niche and the identity, uh, the identity of the publication, I just, I absolutely mean it. You've Thank done you pretty so much. much. So exciting. <laughs> you've done all the difficult things in one year and you've grown so fast. True. It's true. Um, so, <laughs> Talk to me about what the process of creating an issue is like. How do you how do you determine the topics or goals for each issue? Do you have like a meeting where everyone on the team contributes? Do you each say like, okay, we can't get away from this topic. It's haunting me at night. And then you organize the next issue around those topics. How do you go about that? So we have a good problem in that we have a really, div well, a diverse group of people um, that all care, that are all very passionate about a lot of different things. So we've never really set like a theme for an issue um, because I don't want to kind of cut us off like that because generally what we do is have, uh, we meet a lot in person and we're all on um, Slack, which is like a team group message thing. Um, and just sort of like ask the question, like, what do you care about? Like what, are you wanting to say right now? Um, and so then it's just, it sort of sources from what, you know, just like that, like whatever is on somebody's mind. And then we kind of say, all right, well, let's, let's do it. Or if it's something like uh, the don't touch my hair shoot, um, even though I'm editor in chief, which means that I sort of do a lot of the photo shoot organizing. What's been really exciting recently is having, like other people step in and do that and sort of co or um, take over creative direction because that allows us to touch on a lot more topics than just what my experience would allow me to speak on. Yeah. We just sort of meet up and say, 
what what what's bothering you essentially and you were the creative director but now you have a different position you're editor-in-chief mm-hmm. and you've had some other people step in how big is the staff now and how is it how have you grown a sort of community it sounds like mm-hmm. so it started off with like i said just me and one other person uh, and so we always sort of joke um that it this has been sort of an accidental success because we were like, <laughs> like most good things. Yeah. A lot of people that I talk to here um, in my publishing program say the exact same thing, which is that you accidentally fall into publishing. It's not something that people technically need to go to grad school for or do go to grad school for, but a lot of people find their way into it sideways through academia or through running social media or through whatever. It's like a side door. Everything's been a learning curve because obviously none of us have ever done this before, but generally generally what we do is um, sort of come up with the photo shoots we're going to shoot, shoot a few of them, and then sort of reach out to people that we know are good writers and say, hey, here's the issues, do any, or here's the photo shoots, do any of these have something that's like speaks to you? Like it doesn't have to be the direction we went with like the preview that I generally write on the website. But if there's anything about this story that, that you want to talk about, then just hit us with like three, 400 words. Um, I'm like a, you know, kind of a control freak. Like it, I pretty believe in, pretty strongly believe in if you want something done well, like do it yourself. You know, <laughs> this whole process has been like really growing for me to be learning to let go and um, invite other people in and their expertise. Um, so we're still new at, at creating a community, but something that's important that's started to become more important is um, we've started doing like volunteer days, which is where the staff gets together and um, goes out into the community Um we also do like socials. So we have a pole dance social coming up where everyone on the staff that wants to come can come to like a pole dancing class with us. Okay. I want to return to that idea of volunteering later. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, I wanted to know a little bit about uh, how long it takes you to finish an issue from first idea to release. Do you set goals or allocate responsibilities? Um, what's the process like? What is your management system like? So because I started this when it was my senior year at UT, we tend, we're still on the semester system just because it's been so easy to, you know, just out of college, it's like really easy to think of time as semesters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so far we, we do, what we've been doing is an issue a semester. And so that makes it easy to cut it off because, okay, when, when are, when do students have finals that's when we'll have the release party because we want this audience to come as well. So we don't want them to be stressed out. So that's how we've sort of delineated our time. Um, yeah, we, we thought about doing like mini issues. So we're still sort of working on like, you know, let's do like a mini book that's focused solely on, you know, one subject or the other, but just to sort of get more in circulation, but we'll see what happens. Okay. So what sort of digital publishing or marketing technology are you using to get these books to people? Is there like another direction as well that you'd like to expand in, in terms of digital publishing and using social media or using a platform if you had the time and the workforce to do it, obviously. Right. So um, we are currently working on releasing our blog, which is something that's going to be new for us because we realize that we don't have, well, we do use like all of the typical social medias, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, 
Um, we don't have on our main website, Audacity Zine, we only publish like photo shoot previews and that's like once every couple of weeks, you know, so we don't have enough. Uh, and that's a WordPress, right? Right, right. Um, although we're switching over soon, but I don't know what it is, but keep you posted. Okay. <laughs> um, so we are launching that blog soon because that's been something that while as we are watching other zines that really helps with publicity because uh, it's going to be like an interview series. Um, and so people always want to repost that they're, they've been interviewed and here's a link to something cool about me, you know? So we're really excited about that. Um, it's just been rough to find a photographer, but I think we're finally there. So I'm excited. yeah, I'm really excited about this. And I think it's a good way too, because I don't want to be just saying things, you know, like I want to be in the community and acknowledging other people in the community, et cetera. So, okay. Well, on that note, um, in a video that I saw for the Daily Texan <laughs> back, <laughs> back in December, you said, uh, it was really cute. You said you try to operate by the motto, caring is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I liked that. I like that. <laughs> um, so can you talk a little about the, the spirit of that as it ties into yeah. Publication efforts, your volunteer work, community building and fundraising. Yeah. I think not to sound like an old fogey, but I think especially like our generation, that's such a stupid thing to say, but you know, people our age, it's really cool to be like blase and not be too passionate about something. And you don't want to get too excited because then you're a loser, you know, like you're not allowed to like scream at a movie or, or do that kind of thing. Like you have to be very laid back and like too cool for everything. And I think we're trying to do like just the opposite of that. You know, like I want to create a space where if you want to write like a, an essay on like Star Trek, like do it, you know, <laughs> where like you're allowed to be really passionate and really excited and, and nerdy or whatever about something. And we're welcoming that and providing a platform for you to, to feel those things without criticism. But also, uh, to be political, I, I remember I was reading your first issue and I think in the very first introduction, thank you letter, it said that artists, so not just of our generation, but artists are sometimes seen as not so political. They're seen as creatives. Right. Can you tell me about what your life as a creative has been like (laughs) then? Um, What have you done that has somehow given you this ability to create an incredible publication, like an incredibly complex one, (laughs) very, very well? What skills are necessary for someone or for a team of people to accomplish the job? Um, You know, I've seen... A lot of, well, one, I think a a team is like the most important because there's a lot of skills starting out that I didn't have just like in design and things like that, that you want somebody that's going to have or be able to teach you while you're getting on your feet. And so I, when we started this, like I was the creative person and Moses was the technical person and that worked pretty well for us. Now, as our team's expanding, everyone's, we're trying to hold workshops where we can learn all these skills and things like that. Um, to, so other people can utilize them. But, um, I think like to be cheesy, like the most important thing to do is just follow through. Like that's the hardest thing too, you know, because you can have all these ideas, but 
uh, I've seen a ton of people that, you know, have a bunch of ideas, but nothing happens with it. And so just forcing yourself to, to do it is the hardest part, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think the idea of workshopping is also really useful and really brilliant. And I'm going to keep that in mind, actually, for my future. Yeah, yeah. It's it's things that like, you know, it comes stems from like personal need. Like, why don't I know Photoshop? And if I want to know it, I'm sure every, all these other people want to know it, you know, and then they have these skills that they can, you know, return back to the magazine or they can do their own thing. You know, we've had a couple people like, uh, now launch like personal blogs and things like that. And that's really cool. Because of my coursework, but also because of where I want to go, I'm learning in design and Photoshop and all of these technical skills that I didn't have before, which yeah. definitely makes me more marketable. But I think yeah. um, the idea of follow through is also really important. Um, so I want to turn in closing uh, to the idea about timing for the audacity so of course more than a year ago when you and Moses had the idea for this magazine the political and social climate in the U.S. must have really influenced you Mm -hmm. but you probably had no idea that the political climate even a year later would bring a lot of these issues that you care about in the magazine to the globally relevant scale in such a way that we have a dire dire need for caring publications like The Audacity. So what are your hopes for the way The Audacity could start a conversation or otherwise color the modern landscape? Mm, that's a great question. It's a difficult one. Um, I think the one of the best things that we could be doing is providing a little hope to people. Because I think, right, I just felt so like incredibly powerless and hopeless. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, and so that's sort of what stemmed, let's go out into the community and make sure we're walking the walk as well, you know, and then it's exciting that people want to join that. And then it gives them a little bit of power back, you know, like, or, Hey, I'm writing a piece about like femme identity right now and everyone's gonna everyone that buys this issue is gonna see it you know and and that's another thing I think awareness has been really important for us because I think about my parents who are extremely conservative and like every sense of the word and some of these things that they're reading are things that they've heard about for the first time but they're put in a compassionate way by someone who I know and love you know and that's that's been really important, too, is just making people aware of what's happening and, and understanding that it's not some, like, we just did a photo shoot. We'll do the preview for it soon about um, Muslim women. And so, you know, that it's not some stranger on an airplane. You know, that's someone who's who's writing these words to make, you know what I mean? Like, you hear from their perspective. And that's something that I want to continue doing. And not only for the readers, but for the people that are involved in the publication, right? That they have sort of a little, a little place that can be safe and is welcoming and that they can articulate themselves. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) That's really great. And I love um, how much you're emphasizing walking the walk. Mm -hmm. I love seeing 
um, the events that crop up on Facebook that I wish I could go to with volunteering days <laughs> and all the fundraising efforts that you've been doing lately. I remember I saw in the wake of the election results, you ended up donating money from the launch party for the second issue. Mm-hmm. And that was really incredible to me. So yeah, we're doing that again for um, this year. And I'm really excited because this year's release party is going to be like the biggest event that we've done by far. Um, and all the proceeds are going to out youth, which is like a, a shelter like here. Yeah, we're doing it in like coalition with another magazine here in town called Pomegranate Mag, um, which is a witchy comics mag for goofy like nerds or like something something like that is their tagline but it's like all girl power fun stuff um yeah are there any other projects like maybe the pomegranate mag that you want to give a shout out to or any other projects you've been working on recently personally um palm mag is great so i was doing worth the risque and other body stuff but it got shut down by instagram so uh, oh no i didn't yeah, hear so about that how to rebuild, but they like completely, I have my main Instagram account, but they've locked me from creating new accounts or like logging into old accounts. So this um, is worth the Can you explain what that is a little bit? Right. Yeah. So it was a project by Melina and I, who's the creative director at Audacity too. And so um, I started posting on just like photos of myself in lingerie just to sort of make myself feel good. But then it was so well received. You know, people were like, oh, I love what you're doing. I was like, let's make this a thing. You know, like let's make a real uh, like venue for this and just have anyone um, just come and put photos of themselves like feeling good and talk about their journey to get there or what they like about themselves now and so it was, a, it was a great thing and I still want to do it. But Instagram, someone reported it for like sexual whatever. And so now it's deleted and I've been email. I literally email them like every day. So I wish there was something else besides like Instagram that we could do, but it's just what everybody uses. And we already had the artwork commissioned for it. Like we're set to go. Great logo. The blog is up, but like there's nothing drawing traffic to it without Instagram or something. So <laughs> where can people find you on social media and the audacity on social media? Uh, so the audacity is at audacity zine on Instagram um, and Facebook. It's the audacity, but like backslash audacity zine. I think that's pretty much, we used to have a Twitter, but not really anymore. Cause we, it was too, too much. <laughs> I'm not a huge social media person, but now we have a team to do that. So we'll see what happens. Um, um, and then I'm, I'm at Virginia Creeper, like the Ivy, not like a weird neighbor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or both. On, both. Yeah. <laughs> on which platforms? Oh, Instagram. Cool. I'm a granny. <laughs> You've been really great to interview. Thank you so yeah, much. I just appreciate you reaching out and like taking a look at what we do. You know, it's, it's really, it's really amazing to me that we are able to do anything for anyone, you know. But thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, thank you so much. It was good to see you, <laughs> too. <laughs> this has been The Pubcast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.thepubcast.org.